Hey guys, it's Mindy, the host of the Something New Show, where we like to learn how to live a life worth celebrating. And as your host, uh, we thought it'd be fun today if I did a little solo episode with a lot of the questions that I get asked pretty frequently, which is basically, how in the world did you begin? And when I think about beginning, I'm like, well, that could go way back or that could go back to just when I began my companies. And there are quite a few stories. And I think it is good to hear that story because as you see our success today and the things that we're doing today, it didn't happen overnight. So I like to joke around with people and say, you know, I'm a 20 year overnight success. Um, when you think about the beginning, I say, Hey, back in, um, my early teenage years, I was very much a growth mindset person. My favorite genre of books was always self-help and self-development, which makes me kind of sound like a nerd, but maybe you can relate. And I love learning about um, just ways that you can be effective with your time management, effective with your leadership skills. And so any opportunity I had, um, even if they were small ones at the beginning, I would make sure that I was being the best leader I could be at a young age. And then um, I chose a, a university that I went to college at for my undergrad. And um, quick shout out to Oral Roberts University. Um, I love that place because it really focused on spirit, mind, and body. And to me, I think a whole person is healthy and in all of those areas. So that's something that I really focused on in my undergrad. Um, I graduated with a communications degree wanting to be an entrepreneur, but not knowing what it was quite yet that I would start. So as any college student would, and they're parents saying you're off the payroll, I had to find a job pretty quickly. And I found a job teaching um, right after college. I taught high school Spanish and high school ESL. And then I also taught piano lessons after school and worked at um, the YMCA so I could get a free gym membership. So I was putting it all together for a really <laughs> scrappy lifestyle um, at that time. And I enjoyed teaching. I did um, so much so that I even got my master's degree in education because I was passionate about teaching. However, what um, never truly died in my big picture dream was being an entrepreneur and owning a business. So I'm sure like many of you, you thought, oh, what could I do? What can I bring to this world to be an entrepreneur? And I thought, um, you know, could I open a coffee shop? Could I do this? Could I do that? And nothing was really flowing. So um, fast forward to grad school when I got engaged. And when I got engaged, I was really excited about marrying my best friend who I'm still married to today after 18 years. And um, I went shopping for a wedding dress. I'm sure many of you have gone shopping for a wedding dress or gone with a friend to shop for their wedding dress. And what I learned when I went to that experience was in my area in Colorado at that time, um, which is like 20 years ago, there were very few shops. Okay. First of all, second of all, the shops that were open were kind of, um, old and run down with like dingy carpet and like gross, but the people were very friendly. And then I was like, I just can't imagine buying my wedding dress in this store because it just felt really old and kind of gross. Um, so then I went up to Denver and I was like, oh, this is a cool option. There's some prettier stores in Denver. Um, but at that time, and again, they aren't even in business anymore, but at that time, those stores um, were really pretty, but they were super snooty. 
Like, I still remember when they asked my mom, like, what's your budget? Like, as if we didn't deserve to be there and that didn't go over well. <laughs> so I just remember that being such an awful experience. And I was like, well, um, it wasn't just about budget. I remember not even feeling good in the dresses. Like, um, I was probably a size 10, 12 at the time. And it was like ultimate body shaming going on in those, uh, in those dressing rooms, like, oh, these are not going to fit you. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy to me that the prettiest stores and the prettiest places are so snooty, but then the like ugly rundown stores are the friendly ones. And I was like, why can't it be both? And so, um, you know, continued on with my engagement season and decided not to purchase a dress in Colorado from either of these people or stores. And I went back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I went to college and got my wedding dress from the same little boutique that my best friend had gotten her dress from and had a great experience. And the owner looked at me and said, why don't you do this? And it was one of those like life altering moments, like one simple question that somebody asked me made me actually think like I could do this. She's like, you've been wanting to start a business. There's definitely a need in your area. If there's a problem and you had to come all the way to Oklahoma from Colorado to get your wedding dress, why don't you just fix it? And I was like, oh, I think I actually could. So then I went home, of course, with this like just ordered my wedding dress a couple of months to my wedding. And I'm like, you know, very much wedding planning, about to graduate from grad school, you know, just a few things going on. And I say to my fiance, I think I have the business idea. He's like, okay, can we just get through the wedding? I was like, yeah, but here's my idea. And I realized some personal strengths that I had are one, celebrating people. It's a common thread. I've always like wanted to make my friends feel special on their birthdays or recognize somebody for when they did a job well done. Um, just overall the theme of celebration. Um, the second thing I noticed about myself is that I'm really good at mentoring and developing others. So I was like, Oh, I could have a team one day. I could see it. Uh, the third thing is I always loved weddings and fashion and making people feel beautiful. You know, I love to do hair and put outfits together that look really cute. And I just had a bent towards that. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I actually think this might check all the boxes off of um, skill sets that I was born with, skill sets that I developed, passions that I have, and a need in the marketplace. So I'm going to say those again, skill sets that I have, skill sets that I developed, passions that I have, and then needs in the marketplace. And when you have those ingredients all come together, it is like setting up a fire. Like you think of the perfect little bonfire on a night, like you need all of the ingredients. You can't have fire, which is the match. You have to have, you know, the wood to keep it burning and the little perimeter to make sure it's maintained. And you have to have some Kindle things to keep it going. And I'm not even a fire person, but I know you need all these things to make it work. And so I just think that if you have in your heart, um, those things where there's a need in the marketplace, plus all those other skills and passion, when you put it together, it's like starting a fire. And so, um, my husband now at the time was my fiance was like, okay, I love your ideas. And I have a lot of them all the time, but he's like, let's just get through our wedding. And then our wedding was in August. He was like, and then I'd like you to make a business plan because he's very responsible. So at the time we had no money. We were both teachers. I went to Barnes and Noble and I don't know if any of you did this. I actually feel really guilty about it now, 
but I would um, use Barnes and Noble like a library where I would take the business plan book over to the coffee table and buy the $3 coffee. But I would sit there for eight hours on a Saturday and I would read about making a business plan. I'd work on my laptop and then I'd put the book back because I couldn't afford to buy it. And I would keep going, like come back next Saturday and the next Saturday. And so um, all through the fall as a newlywed, I spent every minute thinking about how would this really work? So I did a SWOT analysis of, you know, my marketplace in my city and what were the needs in the area and what would I name it? What would I, how would I start? And I remember, um, just literally knowing nothing. This is pre Facebook, pre um, marketing. I mean, the only marketing we did at that time was put your listing in the yellow pages. I mean, there's going to be people listening to this right now that don't even know what the yellow pages are, but really that's where we started. I got a tiny 900 square foot lease for 1200 a month. And that was so scary because I was like, <gasps> and it was just 1200 for the first three months. And then it bumped up to 1800 a month. And I was like, I'll have no sales. So my husband's like, well, what's your plan? I, I like your business plan, but how are you going to get the money? So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to banks. So I went to banks and this was in the fall of 2007, right before the market crash of 2008. And I was told no several times, but they did appreciate my thorough research. They appreciated my business plan. And finally, there was a bank that said, we'll give you a home equity loan, a home equity line of credit on the equity that you have in your house. So mind you, our little house was not anything special, but we did have some equity in it because we put a down payment on it and it had grown in value in just a little bit of time that we had it. So we took out um, a loan of a hundred thousand dollars. And I still cringe when I think about that. I'm like, I had no business at 27 years old committing to a hundred thousand dollars, but I knew my concept would work because I had all the ingredients of a fire. And I was like, we we're going to make this work. So I didn't have employees. I just, um, I spent, I think about 10,000 of that on my build out. So you can imagine how skimpy my build out was because my husband and I, who are not handy and probably our biggest arguments of our life to this day are still from building out that 900 square foot space. But we built that out. We put three teeny tiny dressing rooms in it. We had, um, literally a closet for our pickup room and, um, and, I, I don't know why, but I thought I'll do it all. I'll do bridal prom and flower girl and everything in this teeny tiny shoebox store. But I did. And, um, that was a bad decision. Just start with one kind of product to test the market. I should have just done bridal, but that's okay. I just tried it all. And, um, I worked with customers every single day that we were open. I was open seven days and that was also brutal because I didn't know when people would want to come in. So I wanted to answer the phone. I was like, I'm going to always answer the phone. And then I decided to try some bridal shows because yellow pages only bring in so much. So I started to get in front of my customers and those were brides and I would just connect with them, really tell them, I promise I'm going to take care of them. How can I help you? And so, um, that was pretty cool when, um, I remember that first month getting a bride or two brides or three brides and just the, the steady process of taking care of each and every single customer and making sure they had the best experience. I believed that it would turn into a referral base that could far surpass any sort of advertising plan. So eventually it got to the point where I would have two brides at a time on a Saturday. So 
let's just back up. I mean, it was like one bride came in the whole week, right? Seven days. And I'm like trying hard. I even thought about ways that I could go to other things that brides do before they find their dress. So think about where your customer's at. I was like, oh, they, they sometimes book venues. So when I'd have a Tuesday morning and I was like, nobody's going to even call, I would go out to venues and I would try to meet them and say, hey, I'm new. I just started this little thing. This is my idea. And I start to build relationship with venues. And that also was a great little referral at the beginning. Um, but then when I got to, oh, I have two brides at a time. What am I going to do? I didn't have the ability to hire people. So I, um, hi I actually hired, but not for pay, my mom. I said, hey, could you come out just for a little bit to help me out so we could do, you could do a bride and I could do a bride and let's see if this works. And so again, traction was everything, just great taking care of people and building that business. And I, I think those were my two most powerful ways to start and to build was to, um, I, I solved the problem of having a beautiful space with friendly service. I solved that problem. I also solved the problem of having, um, all the sizes. So we still to this day have a size run of four to 32 in our store. So we can always say to a bride, we have your size, which really matters to me. Um, so I solved problems, right? Met a need in my marketplace, but I was extra caring because I was using my skill sets and my passion to serve these brides and they loved it. And, um, I still think we have super fans from those days, 16 years ago, 18 years ago. I mean, it's just amazing. And, um, I would say to you, I didn't hire someone until I absolutely had to. So a lot of people say, how do I know when I need to hire someone? I'm like, okay, well, are you fully booked where you've extended your workload and you are with a client like every single day, all day long, at all, all of the week, all of your opening hours. And if you are with a client all of those times, then you need to hire a second person so you can do two clients at a time. But you don't need to do that if you're still available. Why hire a second person? You need to um, hustle and do all of the work as long as you can. Because what you're doing is you're probably, um, like me, having some debt at the beginning. So I was very fierce about paying off that debt as fast as I could. And most businesses take about five years to pay off their initial loan to start. And I'm proud to say we've paid it off in three. And then we also broke our lease and expanded to a 3,000 square foot store within three years of our business. So we had signed a five-year lease and that was like a, a big goal was to be able to expand at five. Well, we were able to expand at three years. So that's exciting. But again, I would just start with very little payroll. Like um, after my mom, when I could up afford to hire someone, they just started with Saturdays only because those are the only days that two people needed to come at a time. Um, There's so much um, sacrifice at the beginning. I think about those days and I never want to do them again, but it was where I was doing alterations. Um, after hours, I was doing the hems and sewing and brock ups and steaming and everything. And again, getting zero paycheck because all I was doing was paying off my loan. So I was doing all of that. I was doing all the cleaning because I couldn't afford a cleaning lady in the store. Um, I was doing all the sales. I did all the orders. I did the inventory management. I dealt with the vendors. I dealt with the repairs on the gowns in our, in our, in stock merchandise. I did all the marketing, trying to figure out how to get customers to come in, all the networking amongst all of the vendors to get people to come in. And then at the same time, within about two years of my business starting, that's when social media began. So here I was starting a business, but also learning for the first time how to use the internet, which I did have a website from the beginning. I always had a website, but how to use it for marketing was like, very new. So I was like, wow, you could really leverage this 
for leads. And so we started to build that. And I mean, that was crazy. And you get a lot of advice at the beginning. You get a lot of advice from different people that own businesses. But what I've learned is it's best to get advice from people that have already gone before you in that same industry and that are today living out those same success stories that you hope to have in 15 years from now or in 20 years from now. So don't just listen to general business advice, which is always good, but listen to advice that's specific to your industry from people that have like actually won at the game. Like they've figured it out. And so I'm proud to say, like, I'm literally sitting here in my store today of a building that we own, um, is nearly 20,000 square feet. We rent out half of it to other tenants. We have our, our bridal shop in the other half. Um, we have a staff of about 20 people that all make a very, you know, good living for what they do. I don't feel stressed about, oh, if we're going to have a good month or not a good month, everybody's super dialed in. So I, I always know if we're going to have a good month because I figured out how to dial in those rewards for my team members to make sure this is a success. But again, it was a 20 year overnight success. So it was many, many years, you guys, of my husband and I working bridal shows. I can still picture the mannequins that were loading up in the car and trying to meet all the wedding industry people in town, going to everything networking wise. My son was born, my first son was born still while I had that first shop, that 900 square foot. And I still remember not having the money to buy like a little extra saucer thing or anything to put him in or a little carrier thing. Like, I mean, as car seat, but that was it. Cause we were still living off that loan. And I wasn't getting paid and my husband was a teacher. So imagine that. So we were, um, you know, I was selling dresses during the day while he was teaching and I had my little boy and I was like, okay. So I would wad up the veils. I would roll them up and I would set him in the veils just so he had a place to sit while I'd try to sell some dresses. I mean, you do what you have to do. So when I, I think of um, people that are successful, I think they're usually the people that have the most gritty approach to how they can make it work. And they, they use the least amount of resources possible so that there is a profit margin at the end. So we're very mindful about our, our cost. We are, we never waste anything. There's never people just standing around. Like there's always something to be done or a phone call to be made because there's so much business out there. And I think when you really add value to someone's life, whatever your business calling is, whatever your entrepreneurship is, or you have this business idea, the biggest question I want, the first question I want you to ask yourself is, do, does it add value to them? And is it, is my skill set and passion something that is a need in the world today? And if it is, I don't think you'll ever be out of work. I don't think your business will ever be dry, even um, as economies ebb and flow. And we've seen inflation and drops and we've seen marketplaces crash over the years of having a business, but we've never, um, failed or not met goals. And I think it's because we continually focus on how can we add value to our customers and how can our skill set and passion meet a need that maybe nobody else is meeting. And if you really authentically care, I totally believe your company is going to make it and it will succeed, but make sure it's something that there's enough people that need it and there's nobody else doing it as good as you, as you can do it. Um, so uh, I think that kind of tells you a little bit of my story today and a little bit about some of those obstacles I've had to overcome and why in the world did I uh, start a bridal shop. But I want to just tell you, 
I'm, I'm living in a season right now that is probably one of the funnest. It's still scary. It's still like people say, oh, when do you stop worrying about meeting sales goals? Or when do you stop worrying about if you're going to make it? I was like, never. I still worry about it. There's just more zeros at the end of my problems now. <laughs> but we still, you know, think about all those things. And I don't think you've ever like made it where you're like, oh, I never worry about it. Because we're constantly taking risk and um, putting our uh, all of our chips on the table. But um, but what I was going to say is I just feel super blessed because even though I'm still, you know, like I said, still worried about those things and those numbers that we all as entrepreneurs worry about, I feel super blessed right now to be in this season where I feel like literally God brought me full circle where I get to um, be an educator and a business coach and support people with their businesses, but from the standpoint of being a teacher. So it it's like, nothing is wasted. So this, the jobs that you have right now that you're like, well, why do I have this job when my big dream is this? Or why am I stuck in this, this situation when I don't really want to be here forever? It's okay that you're there because nothing's wasted. When I was a teacher teaching Spanish, it wasn't fun. Like I was like trying to teach high schoolers Spanish that didn't care. They could care less, but I knew there was more. So what I'm saying to you though, is I learned a lot about teaching and now here I am full circle getting to be a business coach for people and help them with their businesses. But I am using the skill sets that I learned early on as a teacher. So like I said, it's a really cool thing when you see your life kind of like um, have those collides where nothing's wasted and it's all for a purpose. So I wish you guys good luck in your businesses as you have these ideas and don't think of right now as um, a forever season. It's just the next step to the next thing. And I really believe you can do it. Thanks for tuning in today on the Something New Show. If you like this, please subscribe. Click the link below that you liked it and then share with your friends. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show, rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, follow the Something New Show on Instagram and Facebook. If you want a fuller experience, watch the show on YouTube to help you create a life worth celebrating.